light as a feather, stiff as a board, we two bitches invoke the gods of podcasting to start the feminist critique. <laughs> Ashlyn, do you smell it? No. You don't. Did you, you fart? Huh? Did you fart? <laughs> no. I smell fall and pumpkin spice lattes and basic white girl bullshit. Yeah. And I'm a basic bitch. I smell it all. It's my season. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, a basic white girl bitch, am ready for fall. And it is fall now. Thank God. And and today we're going to be doing a movie that all basic white bitches that were made fun of in high school, the movie that they absolutely love, and that <laughs> is The Craft. Every girl I know went through a Wiccan stage in high school. Every girl ever. Like, fuck, there are some girls that are still going through their, like, Wiccan stage. Like, we've all met, like, at least one 20-year-old girl that, like, dresses kind of gothy and she's like, I'm like a witch or something. And you're like, no, fucking no. Now, this this is not to make fun of people who actually practice Wicca. Oh, or those people that, um, you know how you have like a, I don't know if you've gone through this stage yet, but like, you know, around 30 or so, you go through, you're like, I like crystals now and they're like going to heal me. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't go with the alternative medicine trends of the time. I mean, I admit that I did. I definitely, like, there is a little part of me that like bought a few crystals because I was like, I don't know, they're like fruity and it's kind of like... It's nice to think that maybe they'll like solve my lupus or something, but like I'm not fucking I'm I'm stupid, but I'm not that stupid. Well, maybe if you inserted a jade egg into your vagina, you'd be cured. I mean, that's what uh that's my Tuesday Gwyneth night Paltrow girl said. That's my Tuesday <laughs> night. <laughs> uh, anyway, yes, today. For the start of our Halloween movies, we are doing The Craft. Technically not a Halloween movie, but it's about witchcraft and whatever. It's fuck about, not? It's if like, it's about witches and stuff, it's a Halloween movie. There you go. Like, it gets um, me into the season. Yes, exactly. To put a jade and, egg up my ass. I mean, sorry. And I'm going to be honest. I really like this movie. I... This is one of these movies that have, like, a huge nostalgia factor for me because, like we said at the beginning, every girl that I know, me included, went through a phase where we were all about this shit. Oh, yeah. All about the creepy. I mean, I was into the... And, see, like, it was peak 90s at the time because you had uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I think, going on. Mm -hmm. Charmed was about to start... The next year after this movie came out. Oh, yeah, because it uses, I mean, like, the same song. Oh, right? we're going to talk about uh, Charmed later, but... Well, yeah, but, like, um, that one song is, like, the start of Charmed, and it's, like, it's like the witch song or something. <laughs> I also thought the intro had, like, a lot in common with that Covenant movie. You remember that movie? It was, like, about... It had Sebastian Stan in it and was about, like, an all-boys school in Boston or some shit. Oh, oh my. Okay, so I was, like, looking up the craft on um, 
on Netflix and it's not on Netflix. I found it somewhere else, but that was the first movie that came up and I was like, what the fuck's this? The Covenant? I fucking love that movie too. It's basically like The Craft, except it's about guys. Oh, okay. (laughs) But then there's like that other movie, Practical Magic, and that's like the other witch movie. For some weird reason, during the late, uh, like sort of end of the 90s, Everybody went through this like weird witchy thi- like thing. There yeah, was, like, and it witch kind of led over, over into the early part of the 21st century. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so stats. Uh, this movie came out in 1996. It has a Rotten Tomatoes score of 50% for critics and 65% for the audience. Uh, budget 15 million, box office 30 million. Very modest box office. Yeah. Um, it was directed by Andrew Fleming. He also directed Easy A, and he is also part of that new Netflix show, Insatiable, which has a lot of issues. Yeah. Um, he also was a writer on this movie. He also wrote the movie Nancy Drew, and it was also written by Peter Filardi, who's known for Flatliners and Salem's Lot. So... This Peter guy, um, he doesn't have a lot of writing credits to his name, but it's obvious he really likes the creepy stuff. Yeah. Uh, The cast includes Robin Tooney, who plays Sarah. She's been in The Mentalist, Prison Break. Uh, Feruza Balk plays Nancy, best known for the Waterboy movie, and uh, I think it's Return to Oz. Yeah. Oh, and she was all well. She was in Belmont, and then she was also in um, American History X. Mm. Then we have Neve Campbell, most notably known for her work in the Scream franchise. She plays Bonnie. She was also got her start on a TV show called Party of Five. Rachel True plays Rochelle. She's been in two Sharknado movies. Wow. Okay. And and she's also been in a TV show called Half and Half. Skeet okay. Ulrich plays Chris. He was also in the first Scream movie. Recently, he's been in the TV show Riverdale. And he was also in this movie that I really like called The Magic for Ordinary Days. And then we have Christine Taylor, who is Laura. Uh, you might recognize her from Dodgeball, Zoolander, the Brady Bunch movie. She's married to Ben Stiller. Oh, sh- yeah. I remember her from uh, from the Brady Bunch, right? Yeah. Where it's like, she sure, Dan. Yeah. Sure In the Dan. Brady Bunch movie, not the show. She's. <laughs> yeah, but I, um, you know what? I didn't realize that she was married to Ben uh, Ben Stiller. I didn't know yeah, that was Yeah, they've been married same. for 20 years. Oh, yeah. It was after Zoolander. That's that's a romance story, <laughs> that movie. <laughs> Isn't there anything better than just looking really, 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 really good looking? (laughs) Isn't there more to life? God, that movie, the first time I watched it, it was like I was on drugs. That part where they're like playing with the gas. Yeah. And he lights this fucking cigarette. I was like, what the fuck am I watching? Well, (laughs) did you watch it when you were like younger or older? Uh, I was a teenager when I saw it the first time. Because so it that's came why out I was like, two- what the fuck is this? I was like, t- if I'd have been younger, it would have been hilarious. If I'd have been older, I would have gotten the humor better. But I was kind of in the middle where I was like, this was not aimed at me. <laughs> no, no. It was like, I I didn't understand why it was so funny when that came out. Because I want to say I was like 13 or something. So Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right. So 
let's get into talking about this movie. Um, it starts off with like some occult imagery and fire and a rock song, and then like you meet Sarah. She's on a plane. Yeah. Yeah, so, so she's uh, she's on that plane uh, going from San Francisco to Los Angeles, which um, that's a real short flight, but okay. Um, but <laughs> like a forty-five minute flight, if well, that. Well, I was very confused when I saw that they were on a flight. I was like thinking they moved cross country, not from San Francisco to Los Angeles. Like that's, I, I mean, it's a what a three-hour drive, maybe, right? So, yeah, I literally think it's a thirty-minute flight, like. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe her well, father's like super rich. Um, but uh, anyway, so she's well, they on... weren't in first class, so I don't know. <laughs> um, so yeah, she's with her father and her stepmother, and uh, I mean, she doesn't really seem. They don't really show the relationship. It's just like I'm a teenager and my parents suck. Nah. Like that's sort yeah, of the she's ideal like of it. Super edgy teenager. <laughs> uh, yeah, but she's not quite as edgy as like the other ones. Uh, I don't yeah, which we meet when she starts school. Though it is worth mentioning that there's this guy that this homeless guy with a snake that shows up at her front door for a second when they're moving in. Oh yeah. So okay. Well, first she goes like upstairs. There's a picture of her mother, right? That mm-hmm. she puts uh, on the table, and then she goes downstairs to like, I don't know look at something or like you know take something out and then again the homeless guy comes out and he's like i found a snake out back you want it she's like what the fuck and he's screaming too dad i was like i was like what is this is this the maintenance man like who is this dude it's it's very strange Um, yeah it it is and then he's important but for a very, very small reason. Like, not super important, but, yeah. You know. um, um, so, she starts at this private Catholic school, I'm guessing. Uh, and this is where we meet our three other main characters. And, of course, you know that they're edgy because they're all wearing their uniforms in a way that they shouldn't be. Uh, and they're all wearing, um, well, the ones wearing uh, eyeliner. Like, heavy eyeliner. Oh, she's heavy on that goth makeup, boy. Yeah. Yeah, and that'd be Nancy. And then we meet Rochelle, who's, like, the only black girl in school. Yeah, which seemed very strange. Yeah, and then Bonnie, who's... They tried to make Neve Campbell look unattractive or give off that she was unattractive, but, like... Neve Campbell is a very beautiful woman, so it was kind of hard for them to play that angle. <laughs> well, I mean, if they had made, like, her scar or whatever, like, on her face or something, like, slightly on her neck or somewhere you yeah, could see Yeah, more noticeable. It. I would see where they were coming from, but she literally only had scars on her back and upper arms. Yeah. you And you'd never see them. But, uh, and she wore her hair down a lot, like, in her face. Like, she was always cloistered up. Yeah, she's um, just like, don't look at me. I'm disgusting. And I'm thinking she's really pretty, despite, you know, mm-hmm. what she considers a deformity. Um, so, they're in French class, and uh, Bonnie had said something to the fact that, you know, 
the horoscope or, or almanac, almanac or whatever they were reading was saying something to the effect of, you know, you'll meet someone new or something new will come into your life. And she's like, well, maybe it'll be our fourth. Because in Wiccan and in pagan um, uh, religions, four is a very holy number because okay. it represents so much. Um, and so Bonnie's sitting in class, and then she watches as Sarah is able to balance a pencil on its point. And I'm going to be honest. We've I all tried, tried to do that. We've all tried to do that at least once. Like, hey, maybe if I do this, I'll be a witch or some fucking shit. Right? This, okay. This, so this I'm movie inspired. One, like... No, this movie inspired a generation of fucking weirdo girls to be like, maybe I'm just a witch. Maybe that's my fucking deal. Why nobody likes me. And see, it didn't have a good box office, which makes me think it came on, like, TNT or USA or something here in the States, and, like, it was something that I saw a lot as a child, I guess, because I don't remember the exact year or how old I was when I first watched it. I want to say I was in elementary school or middle school. Well, I definitely saw it, like, years after it had come out, like, because the movie came out in uh 96 which i would have been eight because and like at eight years old i'm not thinking of which things but around 12 13 that's when you go through that witch phase where everybody's like let's watch all the movies with witches in it oh i love Mm -hmm. serena the teenage witch yeah and charmed oh god they have a charmed marathon on tv right now let's watch it pretty much yeah or Buffy the Vampire Well, if it wasn't, we're like... We're not into being a witch. Well, that's the thing. It wasn't just, like, teenage girls. It was, like, young women, too. Like, young women, about 20 or so, like, loved charm. And the only reason yeah. why I know that is because... It's so fucking weird. Uh, but my dad had a buddy who uh, apparently had dated a woman who was 20 years younger than him. And he was like, I don't know, she used to watch that sh- fucking show Charmed all the time. And I was like, dude, why are you dating a 20-year-old when you're like 40-something? Okay. Uh, well. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, we meet Chris who's like totally into Sarah at first and he's like oh they're the bitches of Eastwick and one's a slut and one's a scar and they're all witches which I thought bitches of Eastwick was like a not so clever nod to the witches of Eastwick which is a Jack Nicholson and Cher movie well they I that they definitely did do that because they had a they had another reference that was there that it was like it was very obscured for the time. I'll remember it later. Yeah, I don't remember. That's the one that stood out to me because I've seen that movie and it's where Jack Nicholson is actually somewhat handsome and plays the devil. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I haven't seen that movie in years. Um, but one of the things that... This is, this is... All of these girls are what we call N-logs. Yeah. They're not like other girls. I mean... When Chris brings up, hey, why don't you come watch football practice? And she goes, mm, football practice, that's so tempting. Yeah. I like football. <laughs> you know? Like, women in general like football here in the United States. Like, you, we make up, like, half of the viewership of football. And it's not just because our boyfriends and husbands or whatever like football. We like football. Well, well, yeah, I mean, like, I've definitely met uh, people who will say, 
uh, like recently I knew somebody who was like sports stuff, more like guy stuff. And like this was a woman who said it and I was like, yeah, but like some women also like sports. Duh. <laughs> like not just men. Yeah, I mean, when did the NFL become... has finally figured that out. Like they're starting to market more towards women and like men are losing their shit over it. Well, but that's the thing. Ugh. When did sport like sports should be considered a universal thing, right? When did that become something that was cute, like only marketed to women? Yeah, like it's super gendered. It's kind of like how video games are super gendered for some ungodly reason. Like also women like video games. They like to play them. Perhaps they're not playing um, Fallout or Fortnite or something, but like they are too. There are more (laughs) women video game players than there are men video game players. And guess what? Even though most of the women that do play video games have a tendency to play more mobile games, it doesn't make them less of a gamer. Well, exactly. Like Candy Crush. dudes on Xbox Live are like, women aren't real gamers if they're playing Candy Crush. Candy Crush is a game. And it's a... (laughs) Therefore... You can be a gamer if you like games that are on your mobile device. There's nothing wrong with it. Like, yeah. So, anyway, Nancy was, like, kind of rude to them earlier. Uh, We kind of skipped over that part. But Sarah approaches Nancy and the other girls in science lab to sit with them. And Nancy's like, no. But later on at the football practice, they approach her to apologize and introduce themselves. And Nancy's like, oh, well, Chris is, you know a horrible person and you know you shouldn't trust him (laughs) and Um, you can see kind of from like what nancy is saying that you know maybe there's some history between those two right because the way she's mentioning is like hey this guy you know he's a real scumbag he'll like don't trust him he'll like only break your heart like that's kind of what they were implying um so that's when uh the three of them invite Sarah to come along with them. And um, I find that this is like a weird spot for like the way they're so insistent, like come with us, hang out with us. We're just going to go like, they they don't really ask. Why would you want to go hang out with these girls when they were bitches to you? But I guess uh, Sarah's just looking for some friends. And so she goes along and she's like, but I don't have any money. And they're like, don't worry, we'll get a five finger discount. Yeah. Like that's encouraging. But they go to this like pagan magic shop or whatever. And there's a Latino woman that owns the place. And of course, uh, most of the time with women of color in movies like this, they're the mystical person of color. Like a lot of times in movies that include Chinese characters, they're mystical and they have magic powers. I don't know. It just kind of rubs me the wrong way because that's a typecast that gets old really fucking quick. Yeah. We kind of touched we kind of touched on that when we talked about what women want. Like there was that mystical Chinese lady that didn't have a name. You know, it's just it's just a weird trope. But I don't understand why it exists. Yeah, so she's a Spanish lady who owns this uh, this shop, right? But her idea is, like, she's a good witch, I guess, you know, who just, she has, like, spells for sale or whatever, right? Um, but yeah, the one girl um, 
Bonnie is like, hey, Sarah, take this. And Sarah's like, no, like, I don't want to. I don't fucking steal. And she's like, but it's normal. Like, we steal from nature, blah, blah, blah. Like, she's, you know, trying to justify the stealing. And uh, and Sarah's still like, no, bitch. Like, you don't fucking steal. But, like, then they kind of, like, she, like, kind of puts, texts the book away or whatever. And then she goes and wanders off uh, to, like, another place. And um, she's, like, about to, like, go behind the door. And the lady is like, no, you're not supposed to go back there. And, uh... They talk for a little bit, and then the lady's like, you're going to pay for that stuff, right? And she's like, yeah, yeah of course yeah, I'm going to pay. Course. And magically, she comes up with $20, even though she had no money. Yeah. Well. <laughs> oh, well. Was that part of her that's magic? That's just a stupid like, thing that I guess the movie overlooked. <laughs> well, maybe she just had money, but she didn't know how much money that she had. or I don't fucking know. Um, yeah. So... This is, um, so, like, she goes out on this date with Chris. Oh, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. What? There's this part right before that. Oh, yeah. Where they're going through the rough side of town. Yeah. And then the weird guy that was at her house shows up, and he still has the snake, and he's like, my friend has something to tell you. And the priest in the background is like, don't, you know, don't do anything against the nature of God, blah, 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 which is kind of like back great to the foreshadowing. Yeah. And then they, she runs across the street well, yeah, away the, from the, the, the Vega, ass. the Vega like bond guy or whatever is like with the snake. He, he's like, I had a dream about you. You were dead. <laughs> like fucking get away from me, dude. I know. So she like crosses the street and then they're all four looking at him and then he gets hit by a truck. Yeah. Like, and it's pretty fucking graphic. <laughs> yeah. I know it was a dummy, but Jesus. Yeah, like he gets, that's the thing. It's like right under the car and it shows like him getting hit and you're like, dude, what the fuck? How did he survive? <laughs> like, he holy sh- He died. And. They all, like, go to, apparently this is one of Nancy's hangouts, I guess, because they go to this fucking couch in the middle of some trees and talk about how, oh my god, we were all thinking that, you must be our fourth, our fourth corner, blah blah blah, you'll complete the circle, and Sarah's like, what, what the, what, huh? And then she's like, well, I guess I, you know, must be a witch, because, like, I'll think about how... I want it to rain and a pipe will burst in my room. Or I'll try to think of a way that I want everything to be silent around me and then I'll lose my hearing for three days. And this is the part where Nancy's kind of like staring at her and Nancy's like, yeah, whatever the fuck. Like, sure. Um, Sure, bitch. (laughs) Yeah, like you can tell that Nancy's almost, I would say jealous. Uh, yeah I, I do think that is a huge factor in their developed relationship is this jealousy now, which also a... explains the shit that happens later now also there was a moment where sarah um like they see sarah's scar and uh sarah had attempted suicide in the past right and like yeah. it reveals that and then the, this was the part that like f- got fucked up and they were like oh you actually did it the right way because it was like up the like rather than across the wrist it was like up the wrist and i was like dude that is so fucked up but like (laughs) that was a joke 
uh, yeah, like the, with emo it's kids. down the road, not across the street. Yeah, I the, remember that. Joke. That That's was like a joke. joke that you used to say it like to emo kids and stuff. Well, people would say to emo kids. Yeah, like that's a joke I heard in high school. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a funny one, but it's one I heard. Yeah. And it's one that sticks with you because it's easy to remember. <laughs> it's okay because it rhymes, right? I guess. I don't know. Um, So they discuss uh in this little place about... I didn't know that it was actually Manon because the way they say it is Manal with an L, but... Apparently the deity is Manon, which is technically the pagan Irish pagan god of the sea, if I'm remembering correctly. Okay. So. And they're like, he's older than God and Buddha and like all of the deities. Yeah. Before. He's the grass. He's the tree. He's the moon. Blah 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 blah. Like they're super into it. And okay. Like, so uh, like okay. I, that's the thing when you hear this shit and them like talking about it. Um. Okay. So. This is something that just kind of reminds me of how, like, uh, a lot of Wiccans have been kind of taking stuff from First Nations and, like, their traditions, right? Like, how uh, witches use sage and these crystals and all this stuff. Like, I mean, even Sephora's been selling this shit lately, right? I saw that. Yeah, and then, like, people were like, well, I'm a witch and that's cultural appropriation. Bitch, no, it's not. You've guys been fucking white people have been culturally appropriating tons of shit from uh first nations for fucking years like sage is first nations not fucking witch shit most most of the stuff that i see as far as wiccan is derivative of ancient celtic pagan ritualism you know, and that's that's its roots. That's where Wiccan gets its roots. But yeah, you can see but... there's definitely where they have stolen different ideas from other uh, kinds of religions that aren't like I'm just surprised in this. They didn't use like First Nations or they didn't use um, like voodoo or anything like that. So like good on them. But holy fuck, sometimes and like this is something like somebody brought this up recently that like. You know, whenever there's, like, a magic show or something, they're always cultural. Like, they're always taking uh, things for from, like, um, from First Nations uh, and Aboriginals. Or uh, if they're not doing that, they're using, like, some sort of voodoo plot line and, like, yikes. you know, against Black people. And it's like, oh, yikes. So, if you're going to be a practicing Wiccan... Read up on what Wiccan derives from and don't try to steal from indigenous people when you do it. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Um, that's that's the moral of the story here. <laughs> it was long-winded, uh, but that's how I do. So Sarah leaves them because she's like, y'all are fucking weird. And she goes to hang out with Chris. And... Mm -hmm. It's okay, but then, you know, like, he kisses her in front of their, or his friends, not her friends, and when he's like, hey, my parents aren't home, she's like, yeah, but I gotta get home, it's late, and he's, like, super pissed. So what does he do the next day at school? He tells everyone that she's the lousiest lay that he's ever had, so she gets slut-shamed, 
And he gets to laugh about it and pretend like he's God's greatest gift to womankind or something. Although the way she could have like, you know, backed that up or whatever, she could have just said that his dick was small and like then people would have laughed at him. I know. Her comeback is, hey, Chris, fuck you. Yeah, like she could have said like, hey, Chris, your dick is a (laughs) your dick is a needle. Like, yeah, like. If if she if he's gonna shame you like dick shame him like yeah. that's the only time I'm okay with that like dick shaming is not cool in any other context except when a dude thinks he's God's greatest gift to all of womanhood. Yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna slut shame, then it is appropriate to dick shame back. I think. But I'm her, sure that's how this hey, works. Hey Chris, fuck you! I was like, oh come on, Sarah, you could have done so much. Yeah, better. you could have been like, fuck you, needle dick. Right? Like, big laugh for everybody. That's what you do. Yeah, you don't let it get to you, but see, Sarah lets things get to her, which we see later on a lot. Um, This is also kind of where we start getting everyone's main conflict. Uh, Rochelle, only black girl in school. She has to deal with racism from up here. Like, she's on the swim team or they're in a swim class together, and this girl um, starts with an L. Um, Laura Lizzie. Laura, Laura right. Yeah. Laura's like, oh, I found a pubic hair in my brush. Oh, it's not a pubic hair. It's one of Rochelle's nappy hairs. Yeah. I will say I'm kind of disappointed with the writers, though, as far as Rochelle's character. Because Bonnie has self-esteem issues and stuff like that. But Rochelle doesn't have anything wrong with her. Her her issue, her whole identity is her race. Yeah. Like, she doesn't have any other kind of issues beyond racism. And I saw a video by uh, um, Coco Butter about Rochelle's character, and I, I totally agreed. Like, Rochelle's entire character identity is that she's black. She doesn't have any deriv- derivative personality trait other than she's the only black girl in school. Which is strange because it's L.A. and she's the only black girl in school. Like, what? She's not the only black Catholic, okay? Well, <laughs> yeah, or, like... There's nobody else of color. Like, there's no P. Um, there's no Hispanics. There's no like. It's fucking L.A. There's gonna be a school where there's more than just one black person in the school. Yeah, um, and see, like all of the other girls, like they were dealing with stuff that was beyond just the color of their skin. They had yeah. a lot of internal conflict as well as outer. You know, whereas yeah. Rochelle doesn't have any internal conflict. The only conflict she has is with people who treat her differently because she's black. She doesn't have any sort of self-reflective moments or anything like that. And that Cocoa Butter video, I would highly recommend. I'll probably find it and post it on our Facebook page. Um, but, like, that that that's what rubbed me the wrong way with her, is that she's, like, a token. She really is. She is a token black girl character for this movie. Like her only exist, her the only reason she exists is to create a narrative about racism, Which, and that's it. That's something that you know we found in a lot of movies during the '90s. Was like, I, I guess you know, it, hypothetically, the writers' room would be like, I don't know, let's just make one of the girls black so we can you know 
have some diversity. Like that, that's essentially what diversity goes to. And the problem she has is racism because that's lazy. Yeah. Like exactly. It's kind of like, it's, it's the same as, you know, saying we have a character that's gay and their entire identity is being gay. Yeah. Like that's it. They have no other qualities to them except their sexuality. So Hollywood, let's do better. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the thing. This movie was written by Andrew Fleming (laughs) <laughs> and uh and peter like there it's two dudes who wrote this and were two like white dudes two white dudes wrote this <laughs> so yeah well yeah and then we have uh bonnie bonnie's issue is that she has self-esteem because she got burned i think as a child and it's like all over her neck and her upper bo- upper back um Sarah wants to get back at Chris for slut-shaming and humiliating her, and Nancy has a really shitty home life in a trailer park. Um, yeah, so she's got, like, a... She doesn't seem like a really good student, so I wonder how they can afford to send her to that private Catholic school. Yeah, which... <laughs> yeah, that that was something that I was like, is this, like, a private school or something? Because, like, I don't think Nancy's family could afford this, like... Yeah. And she doesn't seem like a good enough student to be on scholarship. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's just a weird thing, I guess. But so, okay, that's Nancy's conflict is she's poor white trash essentially and she doesn't want to be poor white trash. One of the things Rochelle says is like um uh, what does Rochelle say later on when they're like all of their wishes are coming true? It's like, oh, well she Nancy doesn't want to be white trash or something, but I was like, Nancy, you're white. <laughs> but which I was like, yeah. <laughs> I guess she's not wrong. <laughs> like that was um, a that was a very true <laughs> statement. It was like, you may be white trash, but you're white, so like, I don't know, deal with it. <laughs> like you're not dealing with racism here. Yeah, like, so me. um so this is the part where uh, they decide they're going to go on a like a little trip, right? Um, yeah. So the three of them take a bus out to the middle of nowhere. I'm not really even sure where the fuck they go. They just go out into it a field or something. It was a bus stop. It was the side of the fucking road. Yeah. And the bus driver's like, watch out for weirdos. And they're like, sir, we are the weirdos. Fuck. Oh, boy. Oh, so boy. Edgy. So etchy. Edgelords. Beware. <laughs> um, they go out into the middle of the fucking woods and they all make a pact to create this coven, essentially. Yeah. And then they all prick their fingers and make a pact with blood and wine. And then they also um, cast a spell while they do it. Rochelle casts a spell where she says that she just wants to be accepted for who she is instead of by the color of her skin. Sarah mm-hmm. casts a spell for Chris to love her. Bonnie casts a spell for her beauty to match outside as well as in. And Nancy casts a spell to basically have all the powers of men all. Yeah. Um, so then we go to, like, there's a lot of montages at this point. But one of the things you start to notice is their spells start to work. And the first one that gets to work is Sarah with Chris. And Chris is... Like he's mesmerized in, by her. Yeah, now. he is like infatuated with Sarah. He's like he wants to 
uh, be with her all the time. And he's like uh, offering to carry her books and stuff and like does everything like a little yeah like a little fucking puppy dog just like right after her right and at first it's kind of funny kind of yeah (laughs) um one of the fun things about this part of the movie is when they start to play light as a feather stiff as a board this is the movie where i learned how to do it and you actually can do it if you have um like at least four girls doing the lifting because what it is, it's basically meditation. Yeah. Okay. So I thought that was really cool when I was a kid, you know? Because I was actually able to do it. Like, obviously, we didn't get them to hover in the air after we let go of our fingers, but we were able to get them, like, a foot off of the ground by doing light as a feather, stiff as a board. And you didn't feel anything like you were lifting anything because you were in a meditative state. It's pretty cool what you can do when you do shit like that. I've never actually tried it, so... It did work. It did. I will say that much. Um, yeah, so then uh, bon- the next thing that happens is uh, Bonnie... Um, now, sh- it had shown that she's uh, going... She's been going to, like, experimental treatments and stuff. Yeah, for, like gene therapy. Yeah, for the scars on her back. And there's, like, one... This is actually a pretty upsetting scene. We We kind of skipped it, but... Uh, when they're first doing the, like the therapy or whatever, and it's like a needle that keeps poking the scars, and it just like real fast, and she just has to stay there, and she like screams in pain, and it's just it's like she was getting a tattoo on her scar tissue. Yeah, and from the experience of I have a lot of friends that have these tattoos, they will tell you. The worst thing they ever have had to get done is recoloring a tattoo. And that's putting color on top of... Because when you do a tattoo, you basically create scar tissue. So when you're recoloring a tattoo that's already had color brought to it, you're basically putting color on scar tissue. And it is one of the most painful things that they have ever done apart from getting tattoos removed. So I can see exactly where this was coming from. It probably was fucking painful like realistically so it shows that um bonnie is back at the hospital and they're like um they're they're taking pictures of the scar tissue and um like kind of working and and it starts peeling off like and it's like beautiful back like it's very miraculous like that shit would never have happened without magic right but um so yeah so it like she has no more scars on her back right Mm -hmm. and she like you know comes into school and she's wearing a normal t-shirt and she's like hey how's it going and the boys are just like hey bonnie what's up and she's like yeah because she's all confident now yeah which i don't think that would have happened but i don't know it's a movie, Ashley. You I know, have to but like, bend your belief a little bit. But I know, I know what you I know, mean. But like, like for anybody who worn, well, she had worn stuff with her hair up, which was like, I feel like there was some inconsistency with how we were supposed to treat her because she had worn her hair up without baggy sweaters before she comes sweeping into class wearing her t-shirt, and you know, yeah. like walking with all that confidence, like. She'd been with her hair up and stuff. Like, I I just, it was a weird thing. Yeah. I think it was an editing issue. Um, 
but anyways, so yeah, it's a very strange moment that um that she's suddenly confident because uh because her scars are gone or whatever. I just kind of feel like that's unrealistic because uh for like I will use losing weight as a, you know, example. Like when you lose a lot of weight, Yes, you feel a little bit more confident, but you're still that scared fucking insecure person inside. Like that shit just doesn't go away. You will always like well, if you're a fat- men wrote this movie and they don't know anything about a woman's psyche. <laughs> yeah. Um anyways, <laughs> so the the next part is uh Rochelle. Rochelle. Yeah. And Rochelle is at a swimming practice or whatever and you know, Laura does a cute little or whatever and starts talking shit about Rochelle you know hope you don't choke or something stupid like that well that's a, and, she yelled like shark when she did the first dive and yeah. uh, she's up on the diving board again about to do a dive but that's the part where Laura's know, not paying any attention to her yeah because <laughs> she's um her hair's falling out like by yeah. a lot and the coach is like, what the hell is going on? And while they're all distracted, Rochelle is able to do a perfect dive. And the coach looks back and he's like, holy shit, she's actually talented. What? Yeah. Um, but what ends up happening with the progression of the spell is that it keeps getting worse and worse. And you can kind of see Rochelle ending up having real guilt about it. Yeah. Um. But before we get into that, we should talk about Nancy. Now, Nancy's pissed because everybody's getting their their spell wish, you yeah. know. And so she's, you know, this is the part where Rochelle's like, she didn't want to be white trash anymore, but I told her, honey, you're white. Just deal with it. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, she has a really rough home life, and the mom um, is a drunk, and she's married to a drunk that's very abusive, and what ends up happening is there's a huge fight, and the guy ends up having a heart attack. Yeah. Yeah, so and, he, well, because he's a little, her her stepfather's, like, kind of perverted and, like, abusive. I know, he tried like, to, just, like, see up under her dress or night clothes or whatever, like, fucking perv. Yeah, and the mom's like, "Don't talk to her like that." And she slaps his shoulder, and when he when she does, he comes at her and like almost hits her. Yeah, but then and... this huge explosion happens in the back, like the microwave shorts out, but it's really Nancy that made it happen. And then the guy is like clutching his shoulder, yes. and he has a massive heart attack and kills over. And then an insurance adjuster comes, and he's like, "Yeah, so you know the company that he worked for." Uh, we have a life insurance policy for all of our workers, and we just have to a- answer a few questions. And the mom's like, "I don't, I don't fucking understand. What are you talking about?" Turns out the dude had a hundred and seventy-five thousand dollar life insurance policy on him that they get, mm-hmm. and they cannot conceal their excitement. No, they start like laughing, and they're real excited. So um, they end up moving out of. Uh, the trailer park that they were living at and they're living in this luxury high-rise apartment. Yeah. Yeah, and her mom finally got a jukebox or something. Full Connie Francis. Who's Uh, Connie Francis, The only Connie Francis song I know is Stupid Cupid. Oh, okay. (laughs) 
<laughs> Which is why I was like, oh, okay. And she, even Rochelle's like, Connie Francis. <laughs> it's funny. Um, but now they're all happy. They've all got their wishes. And so they're going to do some more spell practice. And they yeah. practice glamours. Yeah. They, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um. Yeah, they so they practice the the glamour and she like changes her hair color to like blonde or stuff, which like when you look at it now it was like really bad special effects, but you know, then you were like, "Ooh, she changed her hair." I will say something. Robin Tooney had to wear a wig the entire time. That was not her real hair, but kudos to them cuz it looked like real hair. Oh, really? I didn't know that was a wig. She had um she had just done a movie that had finished wrapping a month before she started this one, and she had like shaved her head or cut off most of her hair for it, that role. Oh. So she had to wear a wig the whole time for this movie. Yeah, because that hair looked real. Like that hair looked real. So they did a really good job. Um, but this That's is where the most part- of the budget went. <laughs> um, I- so. So uh, this is, like, where Nancy is starting to become a little bit greedy for power, right? So she encourages the other uh, others to uh, come with her, and they end up getting a spell book from, um, from the little shop, right? And yeah. And it's the... Uh, inv- Sarah, Sarah's having second thoughts at this point. Yeah. She's like, she's like, I don't know how to break this love spell that I put on this guy. And... The woman that runs the shop is like, well, well, you you can't undo the floodgates when you open them. You just have to let it run its course. And, uh, you know, she warns them all that it's not for you to punish people. It's not for you to do all of this stuff. You know, when you upset the balance, you get whatever you send out back times three. Yeah. Um, and if you upset the balance too much, you're going to fuck everything up <laughs> so uh they end up getting this book called the uh in what was it invocation called? of the spirit yeah and uh they decide to um yeah they decide to go out on the beach or whatever which funny enough looks like the same beach from greece that like beginning yeah. part pretty sure it's the same beach why not um <laughs> but anyways uh so yeah, they do the spell like out in the sand or whatever, right? And then uh they wake up the next morning after yeah. lightning strikes. <laughs> yeah, the lightning strikes and they all like fly off or whatever, right? And uh they're all like looking at the water and all of them are just like, "What the fuck?" And it's uh it's Nancy who's like walking on water. Yeah. <laughs> looking like And a- then and then they hear all these sirens and these people talking. And they walk further down the beach, and there's like six or seven sharks that are washed up on shore. And Nancy, who is now crazy as fuck, is going, "These are my gifts." Yeah, that that part was fucking weird. <laughs> like, this is okay. where Nancy, like, you can tell she's been given too much power, and sh- her body and her mind cannot handle it because she is a very narcissistic kind of person. Yeah. Um but the actress though while does, Nancy she does is crazy like, real good. Huh? Uh the actress who played Nancy, she does crazy real good. Like Yeah, Feruza is like the best when it comes to that weird girl thing. Yeah. You know, like she she does it better than anybody else. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um but 
Anyways, so, like, here we see Rochelle that's starting to feel guilty because Laura's hair is, like, coming out to the point where she's basically almost bald. Sarah's trying to get Chris to back off. And then there's, like, this really awful scene where she goes on a date with him. And then he gets too touchy-feely for her. And you can tell that his puppy love has turned into an obsession. Yeah, and, um... Yes. Well, that's the thing. He's like trying to give her a back massage, right? And she's like, no, like, take me home. And then uh, she's like, fine, I'll walk, right? And he starts like following her and he like, yeah, he attempts to rape her like right there on the hill. And but she like kicks him in the in the balls and like goes running off. And makes it to Rochelle's house. And Rochelle is there with Bonnie and and with Nancy. And Nancy's like, I'm going to fuck him up. Yeah. And she goes off to a party where she is pretty sure Chris is, even though Sarah's like, no, just leave it, al- you know, leave it alone. Like, yeah. don't do anything bad. But Nancy, she ain't having that shit. So she goes to the party. Chris finds out that she's there, and he's like, oh, well, of course she brought Sarah with her. And they go upstairs, and Nancy tries to, like, have sex with him when he's drunk, yeah. Uh, and then what ends up happening is she glamours herself to look like Sarah. Uh, and they're like kissing and stuff. So he thinks that he's, you know, about to getting what he wanted. Yeah, he's going to have sex with Sarah. Um, but she's interrupted by the real Sarah who tells Nancy to leave with her. And um, Chris is pretty upset because he was being fooled, right? And uh, tells Nancy. And then he freaks fuck out well yeah and he like tells her that person would well exactly because i mean it was fucked up but then he tells nancy that she's jealous and that's when nancy uses her power and she kills chris by throwing him out a window i want to say something about chris's character though like chris was a jerk right yeah my issue is, is they framed it to where we have to look at Chris like a victim because the only reason Chris attempted to rape Sarah was because of Sarah's spell. So it's almost like a backhanded way of blaming girls for the attention they, you know, they get from men. And like, I'm not sure if that's what the message was trying to con the message they were trying to convey, but it's what popped into my head while I was watching it. It's like they framed it to where Chris is actually innocent because he was under a spell, you know. Like, yeah, because like, um, he wh- wouldn't have done it if he hadn't have been under the spell Sarah put on him. Yeah. I I think also, though, it was, like, the idea that, like, careful what you wish for, right? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, what you want might turn out to be a lot worse than you think. Now, it's like the the real genie wishes. Like, you see a lot in uh, folklore when you ask a genie to grant a wish and they grant it, but it's not exactly the way you planned it. Like, say you want a million dollars and you only get it because someone got killed and huh how about that you're actually you know distantly related to this person you know (laughs) yeah it's just so i i think that was like where the mentality is with that but it did seem like it was a little victim blaming too i don't know 
Yeah, it, because you're supposed to take Chris's side because his actions aren't his fault. And also, Chris is like kind of a scumbag to begin with, right? Like, he's yeah. not a nice guy. He pretends to be a nice guy. And then he gets pissed off when she said that she didn't want to go with him to have sex the first time. Now, he like he doesn't force her like that first time, but then he lies to everybody and he's like, uh, I, we had sex and she was the worst. So, like, yeah. he's not a great guy. He's, like, a shitty person. No, but he didn't deserve to be killed no, for something that saying... Sarah caused in the context of the movie. Yeah. But I just thought that was a metaphor for, you know, like, just not something maybe the writers intended, but especially with what's going on right now in the U.S., though at this point it may be over since we're recording this a few weeks earlier than... uh. Than it's supposed to come out, but uh, the Brett Kavanaugh stuff, you know, like, well, you know, they it's not their fault, boys, uh, will you know, be they're, boys. Just, they're just boys will be boys. I mean, come on, they're just teenagers. What teenager hasn't tried to cop a feel? It's Ugh. a difference between, like, if you hear her story, it's a difference between copping a feel and uh, holding a girl down to try to rape her, and like, that's what she's just, saying happen. I just feel like that's the subtext that's given with this movie. It's like the only reason he tried to rape her, which within the movie is true. The only reason he tried to rape her was because of what she had done to him. And I just feel like that's not something I want to be able to take away from this movie. I'm pretty sure it was not intentioned, but that's how it comes off. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, um, so then Sarah, you know, is pretty upset by this, right? So she performs a binding spell to prevent Nancy from doing more harm. And this does not work. And the Covent, like the group of girls, uh, turn on Sarah uh, by invading her dreams and they threaten to use their powers. Um, yeah, because she betrayed the coven by trying to work her magic on one of them. Yeah. Which, Nancy was in need of some fucking binding, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um... And I do believe that what happened was a little bit of an overreaction. Uh, yeah, so, like, they threaten her and then they use their powers of illusion and they make Sarah believe that her father and stepmother had been killed in a plane accident, which is fucking insane like, and then what? that's not even the most insane part after they do that they have like roaches and rats and maggots and all this shit like and sarah's trying to avoid it she runs into the bathroom and then nancy's like haha just kidding you know what you're pathetic you should probably fucking kill yourself and like she turns on the shower water i was like holy shit and like oh my god and then Sarah comes downstairs and she's like, what did you do? And, you know, they start levitating and then Nancy slashes her wrists open. Yeah, because, like, she said that um, Sarah was uh, responsible for both Chris's and her mother's death uh, when she, like, her mother gave birth to her. And then, like, yeah, you said, pursue her to try to commit suicide. And then they cut her wrists, like, for her. Ugh. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, and then Sarah runs upstairs, and Sarah had tried to seek advice from the lady that owns the witch shop, and the witch shop lady was like, listen, you have to invoke the spirit, and Sarah's like, the fuck? Like, it turned Nancy crazy. 
Yeah. And the woman's like, well, that's because she's not able to handle it, but you're strong. You're a natural witch. You'll be able to do it. Yeah. And before they can, like, Nancy projects, like, the whole the shop is being set on fire. So at this point, Sarah's upstairs, and she's laying in a pool of her own blood, and she invokes the spirit while she's laying there in her blood, and it gives her the strength, and then all of a sudden, she's healed. Yeah, she heals herself. Uh, and Yay. then she scares off Bonnie and Rochelle by bringing... Showing their true features in the mirror well yeah she says uh, like what will happen to them if uh if they continue on with this that like uh it will become three times worse right and it shows Mm -hmm. like uh it shows bonnie covered with the burn scars and then rochelle with no hair so exactly they decide they're like yeah they're like fuck this and they go running off right bye um, Nancy's like, where are you going? <laughs> yeah, so that's the point where um, Sarah defeats Nancy because she, and she's like, yeah, you don't, you don't get that power. You got, you couldn't handle it. And then she binds her powers to prevent her from doing harm to both herself and others. And it works. Nancy nearly does kill Sarah, but. <laughs> Um, it doesn't work. And then at the end of the movie, you see Sarah getting something out of the car and with her dad walking up. And then Rochelle and Bonnie walk up and they're like, hey, so we haven't like had any powers um, since that night. And like, honestly, it was just a joke. Yeah, exactly. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, and you know, your parents are okay, right? Like they didn't die in a plane crash. And she's like, yeah, I fucking uh-huh. know because they're here, you assholes. Yeah, funny. Um, ha ha. So then, so great. Yeah, so then they're, she's like, yeah, I just like don't want to hang with you anymore. And they're like, she probably doesn't even have her powers anyways. And that's when like Sarah shows that she does have her powers by like bringing on a storm. And like nearly killing them with the tree branch. Yeah. And then they're scared to death, but like, don't mess with this bitch. And uh, then she uh, says, You girls need to be careful or you might end up like Nancy. Yeah. And that's when and you see that Nancy. Nancy has been committed to a psychiatric hospital for good. And she's in there screaming about how. I can fly. Yeah. I can fly. Oh, I can fly. <laughs> um. So some really interesting trivia about this movie is uh, one of the things I actually noticed was the use of mirrors. And uh, the mirrors are a repeating motif in the second half of the movie. You can see how Rochelle's reflection turns away from her after she sees what harm has been done to Laura because of her spell. Sarah uses a mirror to stop Bonnie and Rochelle from checking on her. And Sarah also uses the mirror to hide from Nancy. And during the fight, Sarah actually sends Nancy into a mirror, causing it to shatter and making Nancy unconscious enough. Um, uh, did you have any trivia? I have more than that, but I wanted to hear oh, what no, you had. Oh, no, keep going. Okay. Um, so the official website for the film said that the crew had to return to the location for a second time to complete the filming of the invocation of the spirit scene 
because several weird things started to happen, which even caused witch consultant Pat Devon to raise an eyebrow. The fog rolled in at midnight. The four actresses actually used Wiccan rites and the language to invoke the powerful forces. And then, um, as Ferusa Balk's character Nancy attempts to invoke the deity Manal, a flock of bats hovered over the set and the tide rose dramatically, extinguishing the circle of candles. Witchcraft consultant Devon recalls that Manal, a fictitious creature, creation for the film, sounds very close to Mananan, which is the Gaelic god of the sea. So luckily, we weren't all swept to see. And, and director Andrew Fleming is quoted to have said, every time the girls started the ceremony, and only when they would start the ceremony, the waves would start coming up tremendously fast, pounding heavily, and then right when Nancy says her line, Manal, fill me, right at that exact moment, we would lose power. It was a very strange thing. Huh. I um, think it's just superstition. So... Uh, for the like the roles in this movie, there was uh, eighty five different actresses that were screen tested for those roles, including Angelina Jolie, Alicia Silverstone, um, and uh, the first to be cast was uh, Rachel True, and then of course uh, I can't say her name, Feruza Feruza um, Bulk. They were the first to be cast, uh, but the character of Rochelle was actually rewritten. Uh, when True was uh, cast because and then they like incorporated the racism subplot oh, as the character's man. major conflict. Why would they do that? That makes me pissed actually. Yeah, so they yeah. That pisses me off. Like they had a perfectly good well-rounded character and then they shot it aside because they cast a black actress and said let's go with a racism. Yeah. Like, they really could have, like, not have done that, and it would have been fine, but... That... Man, that shit pisses me off. Ugh. Yeah. One of the things uh, that's mentioned also is that Andrew Fleming stated that they wanted a PG-13 rating, and they kept everything pretty much within those guidelines, but the reason that the film earned an R rating was because of the girls practicing witchcraft. And then a year later, they get charmed, which is uh, considered to be a ripoff of the movie because Fleming revealed he had actually wrote a pilot based on the movie for Fox, which the WB was strongly interested in. And back then it was called the WB. Interesting. So how interesting that the WB was interested in a pilot based on this movie and then a year after this movie releases... You get Charmed, which has the same sort of intro and a lot of the same influences as the movie. And Robin, Robin Tooney, who plays Sarah, is like, obviously, it's a fucking ripoff. Well, yeah, so. especially because this movie... Um, now, you said that the movie didn't make that much money, but it actually... It didn't. But it, it kind of did, sort of, Um well, it made double what it cost to make it. It was like $30 million worldwide. Well, because uh, it says that the budget was $15 million and then uh-huh. the box office was $55.7 million. I don't know where you're getting that number. Uh, Wikipedia? Uh, well, they're wrong. The cumulative worldwide gross that I saw was from Box Office Mojo, and it was for a little over $30 million. Oh, well. Maybe they're wrong, huh? Maybe. 
Okay, so it made anywhere from 30 to 50 million, which is still relatively modest. Yeah. So. I mean, for, you um, know, a little witch movie, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like, it's it basically inspired Charmed, I guess. So. Which, that was a popular movie. It's a very popular TV show. It's so popular that, in fact, they now have a redo of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I saw that. I'm not so sure about that one. I just feel like it would have been better if it had been, like, a sequel series instead of a revamp. Almost in the same way, like, if they ever do Buffy the Vampire Slayer again, they'll do, like, a revamp, but, like, a sequel series. I feel like it's it's better that way when they do sequel series. Yeah. But that's just me. Um, so, yeah. Uh, do you have any more fun stuff to talk about before we get into the tests? Um, no, other than that, this movie is like a cult classic, considered obviously. A cult- yeah, that's it. Um, <laughs> all right, so our <laughs> tests uh, we have the Bechdel test, which is two women who have names on screen alone talking about something other than a man. This happens several times, therefore, it is a pass. Racial Bechdel test, two people of color on screen alone together having a conversation about something other than a white person. This does not pass because there are only two people of color in this entire movie and they are never on screen alone together. And I think the shop lady has a name, but I don't think it was mentioned more than once. Yeah. Um, Then we have the Macomori test, which is women characters having a character arc that isn't about pushing a male's character arc forward this is a pass because the only one that well none of them actually have a storyline that's about pushing a male story forward so then we have a Duvernay test which is a person of color having something to do like having their own plot line that isn't about pushing a white narrative forward Unfortunately, Rochelle is a token. Yeah, she is. So, was like, and so is the shop lady that has a name that I can't remember. Like, yeah. they're both just tokens to help the white people around them. So, yeah, no dice. And then we have the sexy lamp test, which is named female character can be replaced with the sexy lamp from a Christmas story, and it won't affect the plot. Um, Nancy's mom could be replaced, uh, Laura's stepmom, even the shop lady. I mean, you could actually probably replace one of the four girls, or even Laura. You could replace Laura with a sexy lamp. Yeah. So, it's a fail. And then we have the Vito Russo test, which is a, um, LGBTQA character that has... More to do to the plot line than just being a gay token. Oh, let me guess. And... Let me guess. Uh, it fails because there's nobody who is gay yeah. or LGBTQ there's... in this movie at all. Not at all. So it's a fail. So two out of six. Yep. <laughs> Which is surprising for a movie about four women. Yeah, it's... Uh... yeah. Usually when we do movies that are more female-centric, it's not that bad. Uh, but this one uh, yeah the best i can say like not that this is a really good um excuse but uh 
I don't know. It was the nineties and it was written by dudes. <laughs> yeah, like... so do I think this movie is feminist? Um okay, no. no, not particularly. And it's not necessarily because of the pass fail rate of the tests, because uh there's no real female empowerment story. It's more about women fighting against each other and eh, I don't think it's very a very feminist message. God, why so. can't, why did you have to ruin this movie for us, Gracie? Can, you know what? This when we do Princess really... Bride, I'm going to ruin that one for you, too. Just Aww. just be prepared. That'll be next March. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got a long way to go, but it's coming. Because that's coming what we like do here train. at the Feminist Critique. We move. We ruin your classic favorite movies with you know what's realism. So is, you know what's so bad, though, is, is I ruin them for myself. <laughs> Because now I can't watch movies cast. And so, like, I'll pick up shit now that I Sorry, used to, like... Sorry, what did you say again? You, you like, what? cut out. You cut out completely. Oh, what I'm trying to say is, like, I watch movies now through the lens of this podcast. And then I can't separate myself and, like, kind of compart- compartmentalize. So I'll be watching a movie and thinking, God, what the fuck? Why is this happening? (laughs) I hate it. But at the same time, I'm willing to say, well, it's problematic, but I still love it. Wait till we do Gone with the Wind, you know? Oh, yeah. You, like, love that movie, don't you? That's going to be of a movie to watch. (laughs) And that's, like, two episodes. Yeah. Um, We're going to be doing uh, Titanic and Gone with the Wind in December, so... Yep. Because they're so fucking long. We're going to do two two parters. <laughs> That's going to be um, fun. Yeah. To talk about both of them. Because, like, they're epics for the wrong reasons. Like, Gone with the Wind is, a, uh, I think, a good classic movie that, while problematic, has a good story. Whereas Titanic was just a blockbuster that kind of flops now that you watch it. Oh, my God. <laughs> you rewatch that shit and you're just like. What? How did this make so much money? Like that, <laughs> the story is awful, which we'll discuss in December, I guess. But I know ish. we're not going to go on this rant yet. We're going to try and hold off. Um, so the rest of the movies okay. this uh, this month that we're doing, if you want to kind of get a head start and watch them, uh, we're doing Scream, uh, Hocus Pocus, uh, Coraline. And what was the other one? We were going to do the Babadook, but we uh, replaced it with something else. What was it? Jennifer's Body. Jennifer's Body. That's right. So Jennifer's Body, Coraline, Hocus Pocus, and Scream. So make sure you watch all of those movies before we get to them. Yeah, and, and Scream's, uh, <laughs> Scream also has uh, Nev Campbell, Campbell in it. And Skeet Ulrich. Yep. And it came out like four months after this movie. Yeah, they came out in the same year, so it's it's pretty funny. Um, uh, but we're not doing Scream next week. I think next week we're doing Coraline to kind of switch things up a bit. Yeah. Um, so that's uh it for today. You can check out our Patreon. Just look up the Feminist Critique on Patreon. Uh, our Facebook page, Facebook.com/slash The Feminist Critique. You can check me out on Twitter at South of Grace. 
And our email is thefeministcriticpodcast at gmail.com. We are on Spotify now and iTunes and Google Play. So check us out. Also, please, somebody tell us if we are on Google Play because we don't actually know. None of us have Google, like Google no, we, Play. No, we are. We oh, are. we are? I, I saw it. Oh, I, okay. I had to use my Android phone for a little while because I shattered the screen on my iPhone. We're there. I promise. Oh, okay, cool. Because, like, I've tried to look it up and I really can't. Like, it doesn't show you. Google Store is a weird place. Yeah, not, it is. A, not very a... organized. Um, And then <laughs> also uh, we're on Twitter as feminist critique without the e and then i am also on twitter and on um instagram as ajelines a-i-s-l-e-n-e-s and um what there's like one more thing that i want to say oh yeah and also (laughs) my um my drag uh instagram is aurora borealis so that is aurora spelled normally and uh b o R E A S A S S. So you can check out some of my drag looks, which are awful for now, but they're going to be amazing soon. Yep. Yeah. All right. So we will see you guys next week. Have a happy October. Enjoy your pumpkin spice lattes and ignore all the fucking haters. Yeah. Bye. Bye.